Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Podblast with me, Tony McCormick, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Hello everyone, welcome along to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Uh, so, last week we were very much sunk by the weather, Ben. Completely, Tony. Frozen <laughs> out. Didn't even get a run on the all-weather. Terrible We stuff. didn't. Yeah, it only got halfway through the blinking card. Oh, four and then it was cancelled. Yeah. Better this weekend, hopefully. Yeah, things look a bit more promising this weekend, mate. Uh, thankfully, although the, uh, Cheltenham do have a, to pass an inspection before their trials day meeting goes ahead, so fingers crossed, uh, because uh, Cheltenham's trials day is our main focus this week in the first part of the Pod Blast, with uh, three of their ITV races coming under analysis. Then it's our Football Trixie, the most popular part of the show, uh, top, middle and bottom, and you'll be delighted to hear we'll be in our usual hunting ground uh, of the Scottish leagues, and then we'll close the pod blast with our best of the rest section with a couple of stats and angles for the rest of Saturday's actions, and uh, good old VAR George with his take on the boxing over the weekend uh, at the end of the show for about 90 seconds. So let's get stuck in. First race on the agenda is the Paddy Power Handicap Chase at 150 from Cheltenham. A healthy 17 runners set to go to post over two miles, four and a half furlongs. Ben, you can start us off with some tre- trends for the 150. Can indeed, Tony. So nine of the last ten winners passed the following four trends. Aged six to eight had previously won over at least two mile four, had no more than 19 career starts, and had two or more starts in the current season. Now, four horses meet with those trends this year. Your Darling, Carol Felipe, Brave Siesca, and Guy. Now, of, of those four, um, it would be Carol Felipe that interests me the most. His two runs at Weatherby this season have, uh, they've both been working out well so far, especially his win in November. Uh, I still think he's got a bit more offer from his current mark after only seven chase starts. He's also got excellent form of breaks of 31 days or more. He is six wins and three placed efforts from 10 starts. So only once has he failed to even place off breaks of 31 days or more. Uh, that's Carol Felipe. Uh, of the others, I'd possibly, possibly take a flyer at Guy from the Twiston Davies yard. Now, Twiston Davies has won this race twice before. Uh, if you look at his record in the race since 2012, with eight-year-olds returning off breaks of 42 days or less, you see these two wins and three places from five qualifying horses. The Guy is an eight-year-old returning off a break of 39 days. So... Twisting Davies, he may just have had this race in mind for Guy for a little while. So, Carl Felipe and Guy, for me, Tony, where are you at with this one? Very interesting uh, guy there, Nigel Twiston Davis, obviously a good record at uh, at Cheltenham. And uh, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a few interesting ones that you couldn't uh, knock out of the equation, simply the bets, of course, for Paul Nichols and David Maxwell, uh, Silver Hallmark, Fergal O'Brien. Uh, and also, a cool Cody couldn't, could he? At 12-year-old, Evan Williams, Adam Wedge. 
He loves it round here, though, doesn't he? He does. He does love it. Yeah, but I uh, basically just about the same as you, Ben, on the uh, on the old shortlist. Your darling, but I had to sort of put a line through that because of record or left-handed tracks and the ground against Your Darling and also Brave Siaska, Siesca, Cheltenham. I don't think it likes Cheltenham. Size of the field, the high rating, I think it's on a high rating at the moment and uh, record on very undulating tracks, which leaves me with not an inspiring selection, but Il Rodoto. Now, what I have to say here, I mean, this is one of Paul Nichols's go-to sires in Capguard, uh, and also, I'm just wondering why he's persisting at Cheltenham. He hasn't got the greatest record at Cheltenham, but obviously Paul Nichols knows what he's doing. He He's continuing to persist running Il Rodoto at Cheltenham, so I'm going to have to go down that line with uh, Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden, and uh, an each way at uh, around six to one uh, as we record the show here. Ben Il Rodoto uh, each way at sixteen at six to one, sixteen to one. I wish uh, in the one fifty at Cheltenham. <laughs> All right, uh, two twenty five Cotswold Chase, Grade Two over three miles, one and a half furlongs. Over to you, Ben. Yep, some trends for this one, Cotswold Chase. Uh, the last 15 winners all passed the following four trends. Uh, all rated at least 151. Previously run in a grade one. Previously won at graded level and had at least two previous starts at the track. Now, two meet those trends this year, and that would be Protectorat and Frodon. I'll be honest, Tony, so I'm not a huge fan of this race this year. Um, I think there's questions about all of the field. Uh, Protectorat is the highest rated in the race. Um, but I did highlight a sire negative in our Cheltenham Gold Cup preview last week. Uh, Sondi Son Ospring have a yes. very poor record in Class 1 contests at Cheltenham. So it'd be a little worry here. Um, as is potentially the fact Protector at a zero from eight in the January to March period. He has tended to dip a little in these months. Now, whether any of that is enough to stop him winning this, you know, it, possibly not. He, he, For me, he is the best horse in the race. It's, it's said on the, it's on the ratings and he still possibly has more to come. Um, I think the negatives are possibly enough to stop me backing him at the price, but you know I'm not really surprised if he wins. Uh, Noble Yates, as we've both said before, I just don't know what I make of him. Um, he <laughs> did also run poorly on his previous start of the track, so I probably just want to see how he gets on here rather than consider backing him. Uh, Ahoy Senior, mentioned plenty of times in the pod blast, can't jump, won't jump. I can't be having him. Um, sounds Russian, still not sure he'll prove up to his level. He's interesting. Maybe nothing more. Uh, Dusart, hard to know where he's at right now. Hard disappointed on both previous starts at the track. That leaves me with the previous winner of the race and one of the two trends qualifiers, Frodon. Um, and I'm tempted by him, Tony. I, I'm very tempted. If if you look at Frodon over the Cheltenham fences, over two mile five or further, and at grade two level or less, you see he has five wins from six starts. The only time he disappointed in that form line uh, was when they held him up in the Ultima Chase last season. Now, he's one of two potential pace angles in this, the other being Ahoy Senor. But if they go toe-to-toe out front, then I think Frodon will simply put too much pressure on Ahoy Senior's jumping and break him. Hmm. Uh, if that's the case, it's it'll be a case of 
can the others reel him in? You know, this may also just be Frodon's Gold Cup. Uh, he's run four times previously in January. He's won three of them. He's placed on the other. Three of those January runs came at this meeting. Indeed, if you look at him in January and February period, at great level or below, he's six wins from seven, one place. So he loves this time of year. I think Nichols will have him bang ready to fire. Around eight to one, um, Frodon's the play for me. Go on, boy. We love him. Frodon from the front. What Good challenge. And he ran well. He ran well for a long way in the uh, the King George, didn't he? He did. He did. I think that's a better run than it looks. Um, yes, definitely. I would say so. Yeah. I think the front two were, or the winner was, you know, different class, wasn't he? Obviously, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, good shout there. Could be an each-way double then, the, uh, the first couple of races there. Paul Nichols uh, each-way double. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm going to have to stick with Protector Rat in this. Very important and very underrated stat is the time of year stats, Ben, aren't they? They are. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's probably more to do with yards than specific horses. But yeah, Right, um, yeah. That's but, my take on it. But uh, for trainer Dan Skelton... And Harry Skelton, solid record here, sort of winning place. He has won here. Soft ground and other conditions to suit. Uh, we may not have seen the best of him at the age of eight. I think he's, uh, I think he's getting better, and I think uh, Protector Rat will take all the beating at thirteen to eight in the uh, Cotswold Chase. All right, onto the uh, three o'clock, the Cleve Hurdle, Grade Two. Over three miles. The trends, very scant trends, because it must be said that Paisley Park have has won the last three renewals. Uh, that is in 2019, 2020 and 2022. He has, uh, so yeah, Paisley Park winning the last three re- renewals. Scant trends, running within 45 days. Seven of the last eight winners were uh, had an SP of up to nine to one. So no no shocks really on the cards uh, over the last few years. Seven of the last eight winners were officially rated one five four or more. Only Paisley Park ticks that box there. So we may be looking for place money here. The Long Walk is the major key race here. Won this year by Paisley Park at the age of ten. The oldest winner of the race since Tony McCoy steered Dino's Bino to victory in twenty uh, at uh, 2002, rather, for trainer Martin Pipe. The Rel Keel Hurdle is a decent race for those running well and taking part in the Rel Keel Hurdle and usually going on to fill a place or two in the Cleave Hurdle. Paisley Park is the only runner to come from the Long Walk, while Dashiell Drasher and Botox Hass has come from the Rel Keel, and I'm going for Botox Hass as an each-way alternative to uh, Paisley Park. Two from nine at Cheltenham, hitting the frame on a further four occasions from nine starts at the track. Two wins on soft. He's won a grade two. Three from four races with up to seven runners in them. Stunk the place out here on New Year's Day, but it must be said um, he's better than that performance uh, suggests. The seven-year-old has improved £14 in a little over the last uh, 12 months. So uh, Botox has for me, in the uh, in the Cleave Hurdle at three o'clock, Ben. I, I do like that shout, Tony. He, I did swither about Botox has. He was close to being a selection for me. Um, Paisley Park, as you said, going for a four-timer. Very tight at the head of the bend. Uh, it would be great for the horse and connections to land the four-timer, but as I always say, I'm not here to be back in the story, so I'd be inclined to be against him in this. Uh, with what? Not completely 
clear or easy to, to pick. But uh, the way the weights are framed, it does actually put Dashiell Drasher bang in the frame uh, on official ratings. And if you look at him over hurdles in fields of 11 or less, you see Dashiell Drasher is six wins in one place from seven starts. Um, he might also just get a free shot of things off the front end in this. Uh, he ran an excellent second in the Relcule hurdle at the track on New Year's Day. Uh, which a good trial for us, as you say. Uh, he's staying on well that day over two miles four once Maria's rock uh, had kicked for home. Uh, and he's my likely play in this, uh, Tony. Dashiell Drasher. Uh, I, I, I love Dashiell Drasher. I just, I just thought I would... Uh, I thought 72 when I was looking for an each-way alternative to Paisley Park. So that is why I didn't actually go for Dashiell Drasher and, and uh, went for Botox Hans, who's currently 9-1. to one. But uh, they were my two on the uh, on the shortlist, posing Paisley Park, definitely. Good stuff. All right, it's time to move on to the highlight of the week for everyone. It is our top, middle and bottom sequence. Here we go. All right at the back. All right at the back. Welcome along, welcome back to uh, top, middle, and bottom. Uh, usual rules apply here. We've got a, a lot of fun. It's just for fun, this, by the way. A one-pound Trixie from us both, four-pound in total. And uh, Ben, an update from the last week, please. Yeah, last week, Tony, one winner, one match postponed. Small loss of minus 1.5. Uh, myself, two winners. Small profit of 1.38. So, running totals are now, Tony... Plus 41.67. Myself, <laughs> plus 62.98. That's so absolutely brilliant stuff, Tony. Um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll start with this week, yeah. Tony. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going top Scottish Championship. Queen's Park to beat Dundee at 13-5. to five. Now, Queen's Park are in a rich vein of form just now. Uh, the league's top goal scorers on the road and... 13 to 5 leagues far too big for the table toppers, so Queen's Park for me. Middle, Scottish first, Falkirk to beat Edinburgh at 5 to 6. Falkirk have actually shortened up from evens since I took my notes yesterday. Uh, 5 to 6 is fair enough. Edinburgh are starting to wobble a bit. Falkirk looking strong right now, so yep, Falkirk for me. Bottom, Scottish second, for far. For far, even to beat <laughs> Albion Rovers at 29-20. Now, right, Tony, see what I do not get about Albion Rovers, right? They've picked two end bits to form their name, right? It's like they watched West Brom Albion against Blackburn Rovers <laughs> and went, oh, we'll have some of that action. Let's call ourselves Albion Rovers, right? And someone should have said, nah, mate, you can't do that. That's two end bits, you fanny. You need a town <laughs> or a city is the first bit, Right? And then the head honchos at Albion Rovers must have just went, I don't care, mate, we're taking it. I'm registering the name Albion Rovers tomorrow. I don't care if it's two end bits. We don't do logic in these parts. I mean, Albion Rovers. Albion Rovers. Well, you, I, might I, as well call, you might as well call them City United. <laughs> City United. <laughs> Albion Rovers. I've never thought of it like that, to be honest with you. Never thought of it. I was just thinking about it last night. Anyway, stats. Forfer are unbeaten in nine against Albion. And uh, they've kept a clean sheet in the last four. Albion are the league's lowest scorers at home. For me, smacks of a 4 for win, Tony. So 4 for to round out my tricks of Queen's Park, Falkirk and 4 for. 
I'm with Queen's Park, Ben, uh, away at Dundee, 13-5, to 5, uh, the middle from the Scottish first, uh, Montrose at home to Kelty Hearts, 5-6, uh, uh, to six, Montrose at home to Kelty Hearts, so we've got Queen's Park and Montrose, and I've gone for Albion Rovers at home United. to beat... For Far Athletic uh, at 13 to 8. 13 to 8, Albion at home to Far Far. So I've got uh, Queen's Park, Montrose, and Albion Rovers as my uh, my uh, top, middle, and bottom. My one pound Trixie for this week. Uh, ben, we're going to close out the show. We're going to close out the show, yep, Tony. We're going for our usual uh, best of the rest sort of trend stats, pointers of interest for the other meetings on Saturday. Um, hopefully, everything's going ahead. Don't see too many dangers for cancellations. And I am heading to Utoxeter for a bit of trainer transaction. Uh, and Donald McCain is my focus. Uh, the angle I have plugged in is... Donald McCain at Utoxeter in January and February with his horses aged six or seven, which returns the following 12 winners from 24 runners, 50% strike rate and over 62 points profit. Now, McCain has two meeting that angle on Saturday, a different kind in the 232 and Gold Emery in the 307, both ridden by Theo Gallard. At Gold Emery, certainly an interesting one, uh, he heads straight into Open Handicap Chase Company for his chase debut after only two previous starts over hurdles. Now, he's by Dr. Dino, and his offspring on chase debut are seven wins from 13 with three others placing uh, when that chase debut comes at Class C or Class 4 level. I do expect Gold Emery to make an impact over the larger obstacles. Um, So, yeah, he's very interesting for me. Um, And that is a different kind and Gold Emery, both you talks are, uh, both me and that Donald McCain you talks are angle. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Me, Tony. Yeah, 12.55 at Doncaster for me. Travada, uh, second of six at Exeter last month, beating two, uh, beaten two and a half or two and a bit lengths uh, behind the improving Blenkinsop, who has gone on to win since. Now, the front two, Blenkinsop and Travada, finished 12 lengths ahead of the third, Groom de Cotte. So the Oliver, Oliver Sherwood six-year-old can go one better here in the 12.55 at Doncaster. Travada and also uh, 403. I'll try, I'll try and get through this without sniggering. 403 at Lingfield. A horse called Wilpina Pound. Wilpina Pound in the 403 at uh, Lingfield. It's a four-race maiden, you'll be surprised to hear. Uh, beaten 15 lengths at 150 to 1 on debut in September. October, uh, beaten 23 lengths at 150 to 1. Beaten 30... You know what's coming, gang, you know what's coming. Beaten 30 lengths at 200 to 1, uh, also in October. And also beaten uh, over 17 lengths uh, when last seen in November at 200 to 1 in its final novice run, makes his uh, uh, handicap debut today in first time blinkers for trainer Sir Mark Prescott and jockey Luke Morris in the 403 at Lingfield, Wilpina Pound, up uh, and also going up in trip three furlongs. First time blinkers, handicap debut, Wilpina Pound, a 403 at Lingfield. <laughs> What what do you think of the trainer? Um, what do you think of the trainer's tactics here, Ben? 
I love him. You know, he's, be- he's bending the rules. He's not breaking them. He's been doing it for years, smoking his cigars, bending the rules. That. Hey, it's up to us punters to to, to Spot see him. what he's doing, yeah, yeah. and uh, and make make use of it. You know, so he's not breaking any rules. Um, yeah, I'm all for Mark. Prince if we, if we, and just a, just a point there, Benny. If he's if he's kind of nine four two to one, I may play. If he's anything under two to one. I'll be leaving well alone. All right, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Remember to check out our midweek pod blast as well as uh, as we're starting now to uh, delve deep into the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, what race are we doing uh, this week, Ben? Um, I think we'll go for Stairs Hurdle, Tony. Uh, nice. It's a lively race. It's a lively yes, one for yeah. stuck into. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially after uh, results this week. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Until then, it's thanks and goodbye, Ben. Just on it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Just going to be looking at the main event in London on BT Sport on Saturday night, which will see Anthony Yard with his second world title opportunity against unified light heavyweight champion Arta Betabiev. Betabiev is undefeated, 18 wins, all by stoppage. His experience in terms of the amateurs and pros is superior to Yard's. Yard stepped up against Sergei Kovalev in 2019 for a world title, but was stopped in the 11th. Since then, he lost to Lyndon Arthur on points, but did then avenge the defeat impressively in the Arthur rematch with a fourth round stoppage. However, Better Beaver is completely different in ability and style to Arthur. And I also think Saturday will be a tougher and more dangerous fight than the Kovalev fight was in 2019. Yard's lack of world level experience does have to be a worry. Yard could look bright early on, fast hands, upper body movement, but I don't think he'll just put it on him early, as a lot of pundits say. Joe Smith tried that against Better Beaver in June, and he got stopped in the second. I can see Yard understandably being more cautious than that. The problem is that if if or when Yard keeps it at longer range, I think we see better Beav's amateur experience and boxing ability shine through. It's not as if there's a glaring weakness there with better Beav. The negatives, though, for him would be that despite him not showing any clear signs of slowing down, he has just turned 38. You can also mention the Callum Johnson fight, which he won in the fourth, but he was dropped and hurt in the second by Johnson. So, first... One bet, half a point, just a small mistake, on Yard to be knocked down three or more times at 7-1 to one on Skybet. Yard's tough and showed it against Kovalev, he's stuck in there, and there won't be any quitting him, and he'll keep getting up if allowed. Also, Betterbeev's power is constant and thudding and relentless, instead of that one-punched knockout power of, like, a Deontay Wilder, for example. And then just another single for the result of the fight is Arta Betterbeev to win the fight by stoppage in rounds 5-8 to eight at 17-10 to 10 on Paddy Power. Taking everything into account, I think better be have stopped yards in the yard in their middle rounds, so you could dutch you could dutch rounds four to nine. But yeah, once yard potentially switches off slightly and an opportunity opens for better BF to force the stoppage, I think he'll take that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs>